Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Blush Podcast. This is Tiffany, and I'm here with my co-host, Heva. Hi, guys. So this is our Halloween episode. Happy Halloween. Heva, what are your what are your plans? I don't know because, you know, this kind of global pandemic situation has really put a damper on Halloween. It's funny that I say that because the past two Halloweens, I've literally done nothing. Actually, make that three. Past three Halloweens, I've literally done nothing. So I don't know what I'm complaining about. So it's just a usual Halloween. Yeah, so it's it's like any other Halloween. (laughs) I'll just be home doing nothing, probably. I might have a few friends over, though. You know, I have this new apartment. I have some space. I might do a little COVID-compliant, 10 people maximum, CDC-approved fet. Are you dressing up? Do you have a costume? So every year I go as Wednesday Adams. Of course you do. I really wanted to be Wednesday when I was a child. So it's really fulfilling some of my childhood dreams. But I kind of want to spice it up a little this year. I currently live in a very classic artist loft situation in the city. And I thought it would be fun to dress a little bit on theme. So some of the ideas that I've had are Edie Sedgwick, who, if you don't know, is she was Andy Warhol's friend. And I used to be really obsessed with her. And she always wears like leotards and like she looks like an off-duty ballerina and I also have this childhood dream of being a ballerina which is unfulfilled and at this point I can throw in the towel on that ever (laughs) happening (laughs) you never know you never know no it's it's you know like I love these memes and people who are like it's never too late it's never too late for most things in life it's never too late for me to be a ballerina it's too late (laughs) That ship has sailed. Yeah, another option is an actual ballerina and maybe Twiggy. I don't know. Oh, I love that. Right? Yeah, I've been told that I look like her and I used to think it was people saying that I was skinny and I was like, oh my God, thank you. But then I realized it's because my bottom lashes are so long and she has these long bottom lashes. You do. Whatever, I'll take it. No, that's so cute. You should dress up as her. I really like that costume idea. Yeah, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. What about you? I don't think I'm doing anything, but I ordered... I ordered a costume offline and typically every year I'll be a slutty something. Last year I was a slutty Freddie Mercury, which I'm sure you're thinking, how did I pull that off? I just didn't wear a bra. And so I was practically topless with a mustache the entire night. But this year I'm just going to be a slut. So I ordered... I said, you know what? I'm sick of the slutty nurse, slutty dentist, slutty whatever. I'm just going to be a slut. I ordered this lingerie and I'm going to take pictures of it. I'll post it on Instagram and then I'll probably spend Halloween night doing nothing. But here's the issue. I haven't gotten the costume yet and it's not supposed to arrive until the day before Halloween. So it could be a very dire last minute taking just lingerie pics the morning of Halloween to get them up online and pretend like I'm dressing up. But just know I'm actually not going anywhere. It's all a facade. I'm staying at home. So when I was in the seventh grade, all the eighth grade girls at my middle school decided to dress as prostitutes for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> And here's the thing. I was too young at the time to appreciate 
the no nonsense. Like that was big dick energy because you know, we all just try to go as like prostitute adjacent costumes, right? It's like slutty this, slutty that. (laughs) But they were just like, Fuck it. I'm just going to go as a fucking whore. I'm here for it. I'm cutting. I'm too old to be doing the slutty Snow White bullshit. It's just a whore this year. And I'm really excited about it. It's really cute. And I thought worst case scenario, if I don't get the chance to take the pictures for Instagram, I can just wear it out because that's how I typically dress on any Friday night. So it doesn't really matter. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. So keeping on theme with Halloween, we thought it would be fun to do a dating horror stories episode. So we're going to get into some of our own dating horror stories. We will share some of the ones that you guys shared with us on Instagram. And we're going to have some feedback, some lessons learned and some, you know, actionable advice for you guys, because that's what we're all about. I know I really want to insert like that ghost spooky music right here. Maybe I'll tr- if I don't insert it. No, I got lazy, but just imagine it in your head right now. <laughs> yes, I love that. So we're gonna be sharing. Should I start? This is so fucking cringe. I can't believe I'm sharing this. So I'll set the stage. This was not recently. This was a few years ago. I had just gotten out of a long term relationship. I really want to emphasize I was a very vulnerable, sensitive, emotional person when we broke up. I was not in the right state of mind at all. So when I talk about this story and you're wondering why were certain things happening, I'm not saying it was my fault, but this is probably why I went along with it for a lot of reasons. So we break up. I take about a week. I sit at home. I'm depressed. And I go, you know what? I'm going to go out. And I go out. I have fun. I'm posting pictures on Instagram. And there is something when it comes to men, when you're single, they can sniff out a a newly single vulnerable woman so quickly. And I wasn't making it that hard. I mean, I was posting hot pictures of myself that I hadn't done in forever. And this guy who I will call London slides into my DMs. I should add that I didn't know London, but I knew London. So here's the thing with him. There is someone, and I really want to protect his identity, so I'm going to be really vague about this. And Heva, if this makes, if this doesn't make sense, please let me know. There was someone really close to me that is very, very, very close to someone that is close to him. We have a strong mutual connection. Along with that, I was very close to someone also that is very close to him. So we have known of each other for years. Even though I had never hung out with him, even though I had never had a conversation with him, we knew of each other because of these two really strong connections, these mutual people in our lives that knew each other very well. When he slides into my DMs, I don't necessarily think anything of it. Also, it wasn't the first time he had slid into my DMs. He had messaged me before when he had been in Los Angeles to hang out. I had said no because at the time I had a boyfriend and I didn't want to be sketch. And I had a feeling there was an ulterior motive that he was kind of interested in me. He doesn't live in LA, by the way, if you haven't caught that on. He doesn't live in this country. He lives in London. 
he lives in London. Just That's spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. He lives in London. So he slides into my DMs. He asks me if I'm single right off the bat. We start talking. It's it's relatively innocent. He's asking me how I've been. He's definitely being flirty. He's very interested, but it's not. It's fine. It's fun. It's cute. I'm single. I'm like, you know what? Why not? And I will say he was saying a lot of the things I really needed to hear. You're so funny. You're so this. And you know, when you just got out of a really, at least for me, when I just got out of my relationship, I really felt like shit about myself. And to have a guy that is showing this in, this interest in me and telling me things that I really need in that moment meant a lot. So we talk and he mentions at some point that he is going to be in Vegas in three months and he would really like to see me. Vegas is about an hour flight from LA. So he goes, you know, I want to fly you out. I have, I'm going for a work trip. It's a business trip. So I'm going to have meetings all throughout the day. When I'm in meetings, you can go to the spa, you can go shopping. Like, and then when I get out of the meetings at night, I want to take you out to dinner. I really want to get to know you. I really like you. I've always had a crush on you. And I feel like the fact that we both got out of serious relationships at the same time really means something but there's no pressure also there's no pressure because he doesn't live in this fucking country so I was like wow this guy wants to like you had me at fly me out to Vegas and wine and dine me for three days like (laughs) what girl is not gonna sign up for that so I'm like okay I'm intrigued it's three months from now I'll get my shit together by then like why not about two months passes of us consistently talking okay it is Late at night, I'll never forget this. And you know, when in any horror movie, the girl is in the basement, and you're like, there's the first sign of danger, and you're like, bitch, get out of the house. This was my bitch, get out of the house moment. But instead, <laughs> I'm that dumb girl in the horror house. It's like, let me open this door and see what's behind there. So we're texting late at night, and he goes, Hey, I want you to send me something. He sends me, he texts me his address. And he goes, I don't know if I can say it. (laughs) He was covering her mouth, by the way, if that gives you any sort of idea. He goes, I want you to send me a used tampon. (laughs) At first, I honestly, I didn't know what to say. I'm really not a judgmental person, okay? I really want to start off by saying if you're into that, I don't judge you. It just really came out of nowhere. Like, there was no talk of blood, and then all of a sudden, we're talking about blood. And it really, it, it blinds, the blood blindsided me. Because I go, wait, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, I just said me a used tampon. And they go, like, a bloody tampon? He's like, yes. And, you know, I'm I'm curious. Like, what do you want to do? I mean, in my mind, I'm like, maybe he's, like, a scientist that I didn't know about. <laughs> he's conducting some medical experiment. Like, maybe his friend is in dire need of blood and my tampon can save his life. He's like... Yeah, like, I'm really into that. Like, I would, (laughs) I had a freezer in college, and I would save my ex's tampon. (laughs) What? (laughs) 
plus. He's like, yeah, it's really not that big of a deal. And I'm like, I know I haven't been. No, sick. you're right. It's not a big deal. Super casual. People ask me for this all the time. It's, like, it's just a normal fantasy. I was like, wow, I haven't been single for five years. Is this the thing now? Like, is this normal? And I was like, look, I maybe not. Like, is there anything else I can send you? Is there anything else? And he goes, well, yeah, what about your underwear? And I go, you know what? If we're going to go from used tampon to underwear, maybe I can get on board with this. I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe I'll send you my underwear. He's like, no, but I, it needs to be worn. And I'm like, well, what do you, what do you mean? It's like, uh, like, I don't want to do that. That's a little gross, but mm, I don't know. Maybe I'll think about it. He's like, no, no, no. It needs to be worn, like really worn, like worn the fuck out, like wearing it for days type thing. And I was like, I don't, I don't wear, I don't do that. Like, that's fucking disgusting. What is going on? And I will say in that moment, I really started to question this entire situation and I did start to pull back. <laughs> Maybe not to the degree I should have. And again, I'm going to go back and emphasize I was really, really vulnerable. And up until this moment, he had done nothing wrong. He hadn't said anything wrong. There was just this weird tampon underwear situation that I was like, maybe I can look past this. Maybe this is his only flaw. I don't know. So I start to pull back. It's a month before he's coming to Vegas. I would say a few days pass by and he messages me. And I think he started to sense that I was pulling away and I wasn't maybe texting him as much or responding as quickly. He goes, listen, my birthday is coming up and I really, really want to see you. He's like, why don't you just come out, fly out to London and see me? You know, I really think there's something here. I really want to explore with you. Can you please just give me a chance? And I was like, you know what? Maybe I can get past this. Maybe this whole tampon incident was just a fluke. We haven't talked about it since. <laughs> maybe, maybe he was drunk and doesn't even remember any excuse. Maybe he was like having a seizure or something. I don't know. It hasn't come up again. So he buys me the ticket and emails me the receipt. And he's like, just please come. I bought you the ticket. I bought you La Perla lingerie. It's like, Damn it. Oh, wow. Oh, really Damn. nice. Yeah, really nice lingerie. And, you know, those are the things to butter me up, right? And so I'll never forget the day of my flight, I had a total breakdown of maybe I shouldn't go. Maybe this is a bad idea. Again, the girl in the basement, the horror movie moment of maybe I will get out and run away. No, this bitch got on that flight. <laughs> I opened that door and I walked straight towards the murderer. <laughs> So I get on the plane, I get to his apartment, he's not he's not there, and he had told me he's not going to be there. I get ready, I shower, and I'm waiting for him to come home from work. He comes through the door, it's not, it's honestly not awkward when I first see him, and he goes, we're going to go Which out. is shocking, by <laughs> the way, because this is a person you what have never met in your life, or met when you were much, much younger? Much younger. I haven't seen him in... A long time. Meanwhile, you just got off of an international flight. You've been hanging out and showering and getting <laughs> ready in his apartment. <laughs> by myself. And, yeah, <laughs> by yourself. And you're like, oh, it's not awkward when he walked in. No, it wasn't awkward. It actually wasn't awkward. We've been talking so much that it wasn't weird. He walks in the door and he goes, he had told me that we're going to be going out. I'd gotten ready. And he goes, by the way, I took some acid. <laughs> <laughs> This is in minute 10. He's like, listen, I just want to give you a heads up. I'm on acid right now. 
And I'm just like, oh, okay. I had no idea you even did drugs, let alone acid. But great. He's like, yeah, like I just took some. It'll just be fine. Like we're going out. I go, great, okay, great, great. great. Wonder, are we going to a music festival? What the fuck yeah. is going on? Are <laughs> we going to a Diplo show? Like what is happening? He goes, I go, yeah, where are we going? He goes, yeah, it's my, my ex-girlfriend is launching this brand of something. It doesn't even matter. I go, we're going to your ex-girlfriend's launch party? He's like, yeah, we're friends. It's totally fine. There's going to be a lot of people there. It's not a big deal. Meanwhile, I just want to emphasize, in case anyone forgot, he is tripping (laughs) on acid. (laughs) Zero judgment, but I just want want all the information to be out there for everyone. He's tripping on acid. Okay, keep going. So we get to this party. It is his ex-girlfriend's event. And everybody else there, I would say 60% of the guests, are his ex's friends and family. And when I say family, her grandmother, her aunt, her second cousin, her third cousin, her uncles, and they were foreign. They had flown to London to attend this launch. She sees my bitch ass and she's looking at me like, who is this girl that's showing up with my ex to the launch party of my like this business she's establishing i am so uncomfortable and she is so pissed and he has to keep going up to her to like calm her down because she's probably like why did like i probably didn't even really want to invite you is what she's thinking and you show up with a girl when my entire extended family is here and all of my closest friends to make it even more awkward, he keeps kissing me. And I don't know what to do because if I pull away, I look like a bitch. But then if I kiss him, I also look like a bitch. We have this night. It ends up being fine. We go back. It's it's relatively normal. Night two is his birthday. And I go, okay, I'm going to meet all his friends. We're going to be with a bunch of people. This is going to be okay. I'm ready for this. I was a little nervous. We get ready. We go to the bar. It was a club, actually. It was more of like a bar club. We get there. His friends start showing up. His guy friends are super nice. I'm thinking maybe I'm in the clear. He proceeds to get very drunk, like very drunk, not on acid, but on alcohol. He is (laughs) wasted. He is introducing me to his friends as his quote birthday gift which in his defense is not really a lie but it's kind of awkward and then he'll say stuff like you guys do you think I should marry her and I'm just standing there like "Mm, let's not like we're barely making it through this weekend let's really not talk about marriage honestly though Tiffany like if I heard that I'd be like oh my god he's in love with me (laughs) like this is my soulmate (laughs) honestly he wants to marry me (laughs) I probably did think that, which is why I was like going along with this shit. So we're standing. It's me, London, his guy friend and his guy friend's wife, the four of us. We're all talking. It's a pretty crowded club bar. We're standing next to a bunch of tables. We're not part of it, though. A guy at one of the tables starts talking to his friend's wife. It was to me... In that moment, I thought of it as being pretty innocent. I didn't think it was anything. Her husband had no reaction. For whatever reason in that moment, I don't know if it was alcohol or if he was still coming down from the acid. (laughs) I don't know what it was. But London starts to see red. Well, 
bad color reference. He starts to see red. He turns to the guy and goes, this is my friend's wife. And the guy's kind of confused. He's like, I don't really give a shit. Like, I don't even know what they were talking about. And then London proceeds to cuss out this guy, just yelling at him, berating him. And then all of a sudden, like seven big ass guys come out from behind the table that are with this random ass guy that London has decided to verbally attack. And the guy that London verbally attacked starts getting in London's face, which is in his defense, probably justified. All of his friends come out, start yelling at London. It's a literal brawl is about to break out. I'm just standing there (laughs) looking over at his friends like, I guess this is, is this normal? I don't know. Security rushes over because it's like one guy versus 10 guys. They grab London, they're holding him back, and then the other 10 guys are like, this guy just came up to us. Oh, at one point, a table got flipped, too, during that fucking mayhem. It was a mess. Casual, Yeah, totally casual. Glass is broken, (laughs) table's broken, London's screaming, 10 Middle Eastern guys are yelling at us. I'm about to die in this club in London. Like, how do I explain this to my dad? So, security, thank God. Honestly, I've never been so happy to see security at a fucking club in my entire life. Security, and I used to go underage uh, club hopping with Eva, actually. (laughs) And we were terrified of security. Full circle moment. I'm like, thank God security is here. Security comes over, turns to London. They're like, dude, you need to leave. Like, this is you against 10 guys. I don't know what the hell you did to piss off these guys, but they are over your ass. You need to get out. London starts arguing with security. He's like, it's my birthday. I have a bunch of people here. What do you mean you're kicking me out? I had reservations, all this stuff. They're like, if you don't leave, we're calling the cops. Like, this isn't a joke. And of course, in my head, I'm like, wow, I went on this trip and now I'm going to end up in jail because this guy is a nut job. We finally (laughs) end up getting out. We go back to his place. The next, I think I was there for two more days. He was so hungover slash coming down from drugs slash I think he got a cold. The only incident that he did was he like stole alcohol from a bar, which was tough. Yeah, no big deal. No big deal. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? At that point, I was like, honestly, I'm so happy that this is all you're doing. And <laughs> and I really spent the rest of that trip questioning what the fuck I was doing there. Honestly, it wasn't that bad, though. He took me shopping. It was fine. I don't know what to think of it. I never got to the bottom of Tampon Gate. I think it was a weird fetish that he had. I realized, though, through the course of my trip there that he is into bodily fluids. Honestly, you're leaving out my favorite part of the story, the jar. So there was a point where he wanted to put my bodily fluids in a jar. And he said he had a jar that he used to save bodily fluids. I, in that moment, didn't know what to say. He was searching for the jar. He never found the jar So it's kind of a, we will never know if that would have ever happened, if I would have ever agreed to it, if it could have gone down. But yeah, God, I did leave that out. That really, that was honestly just the, like, at that point I was so numb because I think that was like the last night I was there where he decided to save my bodily fluids and was just like frantically searching for a jar 
and never found it. So cliffhanger on that part of the story. <laughs> would it have gone down? Probably not. I think I would have refused. But I was really vulnerable. I don't know. Maybe a part of me would have said, this is really flattering. <laughs> so I would say the lesson of this story is if there is a red flag, in my case, a literal red tampon flag, <laughs> don't get on a plane, travel 10 hours to see a guy. And especially... In all honesty and all truthfulness, if you get out of a, a breakup where you're, I was, uh, I was broken, don't start talking to someone, even if they're telling you everything you want to hear in that moment, even if it's super flattering and you really, really need it, try and resist because nothing good will come of it in all honesty. Even if he is a great guy, even if he is the guy that you think this is it, give yourself some time to heal because there might be issues in that situation that you're not going to see, even if he's wonderful and you're not in the right headspace to start dating. Take a beat for yourself. Think about what you want. And then look, if you get to that mindset where you're ready to start talking to someone, if he is the right guy for you and if he is genuine, he'll be ready to give you that chance. And he should understand that you might need a beat. And really, like in all sincerity, this might be a little woo-woo of me and you don't have to agree with me, but I don't believe in the right person at the wrong time. I think everything comes in our lives at the exact right time. So if someone is around in this circumstance, take a beat. And if they're still around later, then explore it. But really embrace being single. And by single, I don't mean single where you have like 10 back burner boyfriends that you're talking to. I mean, really fucking single. I mean, Heva level single, you know, where you've no one that you're talking to, you're just focused on yourself. We're going to do a whole episode on this at some point, but it, I think it's so important that everyone has a moment like that in their lives. Yeah, I completely, I completely agree. <laughs> <laughs> we okay, have to so, say this really quickly. <laughs> Tiffany and I send voice memos to each other constantly throughout the day. And the first thing that's said in approximately 98% of these voice memos is, I completely agree. It's become this huge inside joke between us because it's 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 to the point where it's cringeworthy. Like every voice memo starts with, I completely agree. We should just start saying ICA. ICA. ICA, ICA. ICA, ICA. Okay, so... Mine is a little bit different from Tiffany's. The main difference in mine is that I'm the horror in this story. (laughs) (laughs) We love that. (laughs) So buckle up, guys. (laughs) So many, many years ago, not that many, but many years ago, I was seeing a guy... And we were not exclusive, but we had just started to see each other. We were in the same group of friends, so we would hang out socially all the time. I do want to preface this before I get into it. At the time, I had a pretty bad eating disorder. Also, I had not even had the slightest hint of a crush on anyone in literally years. 
So this is the first guy in years that I met who was single, age appropriate, and who had something, anything that I was even remotely into. We're we're hanging out and stuff. Um, We'd hang out in group settings. We'd hang out one-on-one. He would, he was on dating apps, which is totally fine because we weren't exclusive. We we're still seeing each other, but he would actively and openly go out on Tinder dates. And by openly, I mean, he would bring Tinder dates in our group hangouts and he kind of thought it was fun to ditch his Tinder dates and hang out with me. I don't know. I don't know what was going on with him. You might ask yourself why I continue to entertain this situation, but honestly, the answer is very simple. I had very low self-worth. That's it. Wait, so just to clarify, were you two dating and he was also openly bringing girls to hang out? Like, hook, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Oh. Yeah. So okay. we would. So we met through friends. We'd hang out in group situations and then... One night he stayed over, but it was super platonic. Okay. And then the next time we kissed and from there on he would, you know, we'd go out like young people used to back in the day. I don't know, pre-COVID life, pre, you know, pre me being an old grandma life. (laughs) We would go out and then come home together and not have sex, which is my personal specialty. (laughs) (laughs) But you guys, there was a thing going on. There was a flirtatious energy. Okay. And and yet still he was bringing girls on Tinder that were Tinder dates around you. Yes. Yes. And again, he thought it was funny to do this. I don't know. And meanwhile, I was putting up with it because I had low self-worth. It was the first guy in forever that I was moderately into or at all, even a smidge into. And so I was just putting up with this behavior. And so this one particular night, I, just to set the stage, had not eaten in maybe three days. I mean, at the time, the way my eating disorder was, is I either wouldn't have even a bite of food, like my teeth were getting zero use, and I was fueled by Adderall because I had a prescription at the time, which frankly I didn't need, but I talked my way into to stay thin. I was very committed to this eating disorder. Um, It's kind of funny, but really not. And um, so yeah, I hadn't eaten in three days. I was fueled by Adderall and caramel frappuccinos. He brings a Tinder date to this party that he knows I'm going to be at which is standard behavior for him. That in and of itself didn't set me off because, you know, I was just so codependent and didn't want to ruffle feathers. I never said anything. But then somehow we got separated throughout the night. He's already ditched his Tinder date. I go back and I'm waiting for him to come over. And I'm starting to stress because I was so fucking hungry that I wanted to eat. And I knew if he was over, I wouldn't eat. And I obviously didn't want to eat because I was very committed to this eating disorder. Every second feels like 40 hours as I'm waiting for him to come over because everything in my body is like, eat, eat, please eat, please eat. And I'm like, no, no, no. If he gets here now, I won't eat. Meanwhile, 
because I'm never fucking eating and my microbiome is at a whack, if I even have a bite of food, I balloon in my tummy and I wouldn't want to hang out with anyone. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. He's not coming. Fine. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I mean, approximately 35 seconds have passed. (laughs) It's like a second. (laughs) You know, hangry is a thing though. When you're hangry- It is a thing. Everyone can relate to that. Yep. And, you know, I've been out. I've been drinking. I, you know, I've been taking Adderall. I, so finally I'm like, fuck it. I can't hold out anymore. I'm sitting on the floor of my kitchen eating chips. (laughs) (laughs) And so at that point I'm like, well, he can't come now because I've already been eating. And I really, I had two modes. It was either starvation or full on binge, but there was no happy medium. There was zero balance. And so once I start eating, I know I'm going to full on binge and I definitely don't want him to come. And so at that point I start texting him to not come. Then I go on into a full rage text spiral. Oh no. Now this is many years ago. I definitely don't even have the texts anymore. Uh, Because it's like four phones ago, if not more. (laughs) But this individual, who I'm actually really good friends with now, it's miracles do happen. (laughs) (laughs) He has kept the screenshots all these years. And so I recently asked them for him, asked them from him. I'm just going to go ahead and read them to you. Oh, story time. (laughs) Children, get around the campfire. (laughs) Here we go. Read the text. I don't have where it starts. I just have the screenshots that he sent me. So, ugh, is text one. I'm so happy other people exist. Next text. So if I ever doubted any of my decisions with you, next text. I would have every other human ever to make me certain that I made the right decision. I do think it's funny that you are trying to forgive me. Ha 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 ha. Oh. Not really sure what the context is there. Meanwhile, you are one of the worst people that ever existed. Go find another 21 slash 22 year old on one of your desperate apps. I finally understand That's all you can score because you are so fucking pathetic. So fucking pathetic in all caps. Oh, okay. Emphasis. Ha 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 ha. In all caps. Ha ha ha. You are the lamest fucking person. Like actually disgusting. In a day or two, you will just be something I fucking regret. God, this is so hard. Is he saying anything No, no, he's no, no, he's not. Like he's probably in the process of trying to get an Uber to come to my place. He has no idea what's happening. He's like sleeping and waking up to this barrage of you just being like, ha, 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 you're so fucking lame. I love, I love that you're insulting him and then laughing. It's like, (laughs) we don't really need him in the conversation. (laughs) Really, the laughing is just me trying to suppress tears, but yes. I do know that he actually did take an Uber to my place and at some point was downstairs reading these texts and crying. I do know that from outside he was. sources. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, again, I don't, yeah, it's, it's really, 
I'm not proud. I'm not, I'm not reading these texts with pride. I have intense shame coming over me. In a day or two, you will just be something I fucking regret. Next text, more so than I already do. I just cannot wait until I never have to see, think, or hear about you. You disgusting ass loser piece of shit <laughs> i thought it was done with loser but then you're like no. but also a piece of shit <laughs> they're all coming in different texts too it's like pages <laughs> and pages of texts that's why i didn't let you come over because i cannot stand to see you anymore or pretend you are someone i could be friends with the sight of you makes me nauseous Oh, well, you probably were nauseous from not eating anything. (laughs) The sight of everything made me nauseous. (laughs) There was some truth to that, but had nothing to do with him. Nope. (laughs) You are such a fucking loser. The best thing about tonight is now I will never have to tolerate your presence or pretend to be friends with you because we are not friends and never fucking will be. I, I'm not going to say that was good. That was not good. But I feel like it could have been a lot worse. It was oh, pretty no. bad. There, it's, 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 oh, there's, there's just a little more. You are uh, literally disgusting. Uh, I cannot wait to fall asleep, wake up, and pretend you never existed. <laughs> you are scum so fucking low. There is a theme there, though, that you stuck with very intently. <laughs> Yeah, the loser, scum, low. (laughs) Yeah. Want to pretend you never existed. Yes. Just in case you didn't realize he was a loser the first three times you said it, let's add in pathetic and nothing as well. (laughs) I mean, we've, I think everyone has sent a text or said stuff they regret in a rage. It's so universal. 100%. And so. Again, there's a lot to unpack here. I had not eaten in days. I was letting this guy dick me around by bringing these dates around and never speaking up. And I would bottle it all up. And then I had a little bit of alcohol and it exploded out. There are some takeaways here. The number one is to make sure your needs are being met. And I understand that not everyone has an eating eating disorder. Everyone ignores their physical needs a lot. I mean, even if we are eating, we're not always properly nourishing ourselves. You know, often we're just eating to eat and for pleasure or for whatever, but we're not actually getting the nutrients that we need. To put it aside from eating, so many people are sleep deprived. I mean, everyone I know constantly talks about being tired. Almost no one is carving out time in their day for themselves. These are all physiological needs. And if you're ignoring them, it will bite you in the ass. So that's my number one takeaway. Number two kind of goes along with that. And it seems like kind of an unrelated tangent, but it's not. Take care of your digestion. More and more, we're learning how much our gut actually affects everything that goes on. I mean, I think we all used to think that we're these kind of computers where our brain is the main thing and everything else is the accessories, but actually our guts are so important. 90% of our serotonin is manufactured in our guts, and serotonin is the chemical that 
it just to simplify it is responsible for happiness and mood and emotions. If your gut is in havoc, you're not producing the right amount of serotonin. You know, that old, I, I think there are sayings of this in all, in all countries and cultures where if you're constipated, you're kind of cranky, make sure you're flowing. Personally, I have a lot of issues with constipation, but I find that herbs really heal that for me. So make sure you're taking care of your gut. This does affect your mood. Aside from physical needs, make sure your emotional needs are met. I mean, I was letting this guy dick me around and not once was I expressing that this was not okay with me. I just continue to let it happen. You know, sometimes I think we question like, okay, am I overreacting or is this something I should say something about? And I think a good litmus test is, would you tell your friends? Yeah. Would you be comfortable telling your friends about something that happened or would you rather hide it because you know, you deep down know that this isn't okay? Like I would, I wouldn't tell my friends that he was bringing Tinder dates around. I mean, a lot of my friends knew cause we're in the same group of friends and they would see, but I would kind of play it off like, oh yeah, it's so funny. It's so cute. Whatever. No, it wasn't fucking funny. Of course it set me off. Like I, we weren't exclusive. He was more than welcome to go on Tinder dates, but to bring them in situations that he knew I was at. And don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to excuse my behavior. The texts I sent him were outrageous they were completely unacceptable. I take full responsibility of the fact that I am the monster in this situation, but I just want to lay out how you guys can be different. So if something is bothering you, don't just swallow it. Don't just sit there and be the chill, cool girl who's just go with the flow, whatever. No, fucking speak up. And if he doesn't change it, get the fuck out. Because guess what? You're going to have a drop of alcohol or alcohol aside. At some point, you're not going to be able to tolerate it anymore. That pot will overflow and it's going to be much fucking messier than if you just addressed it head on. I'm just realizing listening to you, there's a huge connection with our two stories, right? We both saw something and felt something was off for different reasons we continued into the situation and it did explode. You exploded the guy it got 10 times worse than I ever anticipated (laughs) so yeah when you when things are feeling uneasy whether it's even if it's a casual situation because I think probably Hiva you were thinking and, and correct me if I'm wrong here you're like well he's not my boyfriend we're not that serious whatever if he's bringing girls around right and I was thinking I just got out of a serious relationship I'm not looking for a boyfriend either who cares if he's into used tampons, like whatever. But no, there's still boundaries that we have as people that no matter how casual the situation is, even if this is a guy you are just having sex with once a week, there should still be a level of respect, right? No matter how casual and nothing it is, if you feel uncomfortable, if things feel weird, if it's off, if something doesn't sit well with you, then fuck that. And as I alluded to in my rage texts, There are other people (laughs) on the planet. Again, if you question if it's too much or not, run it by a friend or DM us. We'll respond. So we asked people their dating horror stories. We got a few. We got a bunch, actually, but we're short on time. So we're going to just share a few of them. (laughs) One of the ones I got was from a guy 
that I know. And he said, I just thought this was kind of cute. He said, you don't know this, but one time I was on a date with you at a Mexican restaurant. By the way, when I first read that, my heart sank. I was like, oh my God, what did I do to this guy? But then he goes, (laughs) I was petrified. He goes, and I told you I had to go help my bro with something and then I'd be right back. But really, I had to go and take a huge crap because the Mexican food had messed me up. So I just thought that was cute. And then you got one from a guy as well, didn't you, Eva? <laughs> I did also get one from a guy that referred to me. Again, I was the whore in this situation. I think the takeaway here is I'm a nightmare. Don't date me. <laughs> He wrote, one bitch I knew threw my keyboard keyboard away. That's me. I'm that bitch. <laughs> For the Wait, record, is- I didn't actually throw it away. I took a picture of me putting it down the trash chute, and then I picked it right back up and put it away again, which is so much more crazy than if I had just thrown it away. <laughs> You threatened to throw it away. It was a threat. It was an empty, it was a baseless threat. It was an empty threat. And then we'll end on this. I got this from a guy. He said, I started dating a girl and we took it very slow at first because we both recognized the potential of a relationship and didn't want to make it a one-off bang. Basically spent the night dry humping aggressively. I felt heard something down there while it was happening, but since I was aroused, I didn't think much of it. The next day, I had a massive, crazy, wiggly, swollen vein on my penis that looked like it was full of something and couldn't be drained. I had to go to a urologist to make sure it wasn't anything insane. She broke my dick. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, I just have to say, when I read drained, it was like, it's still, like, since I shared this story, it was like PTSD of, like, bodily fluids. And so it's still (laughs) triggering me. Hey, by the way, uh, if you want to drain it, I know a guy in London who has a jar. (laughs) Honestly, the most shocking part of the London story for me personally is the fact that he misplaced the jar. (laughs) Like, what? That jar would be like in a lockbox somewhere. <laughs> like it would, he would have a special safe room for the jar. But no, no, no. he apparently loses it. <laughs> I hope he found it. I guess that's all. Those are our scary stories. We hope you guys all have a very safe and lovely Halloween. I'm sure a lot of you are going to be staying at home. We hope that this episode keeps you company in some way. Yes. And uh, we just want to throw out there, the election is coming up. Please, 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 if you're registered to vote, please go vote. It does matter. Your vote matters. Our voices need to be heard. No matter where you lie on the spectrum, please vote. Yes. And also, Hiva says this fast, so I'll let you take it. What should they all do? (laughs) Please subscribe. Share this podcast with your friends and family. Rate us five stars. Leave a review. And we're going to start something nice and fun. Um, If you screenshot the fact that you're subscribed and that you left a five-star review, email the screenshots to theblushpod at gmail.com, and we will enter you into a special giveaway. 
and the winners will be announced. Wait, what are we, why did we agree to do this? This is the first. I was like, what are we giving Giveaway TBD, but it will be good, I promise. You're going to get my used to Enter her giveaway for London's jar. <laughs> London, if you're listening, we would like to <laughs> ascertain the whereabouts of your jar. Apparently, we're doing a giveaway, you guys. Email us screenshots. Okay. Yeah, subscribe, follow, like, share, comment. Feel free to still share any hilarious dating stories to make us feel better about ours. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Happy Halloween.